it's not a being healed. It's always like healing. It's always this journey of healing in this relationship with Jesus. Like we are moving one step closer. We're moving with him. He's bringing us back home. We're going back to the Father. We're going back to the place where we're really going to be healed and full and complete and joyful completely forever. And that's in heaven. But it's like this journey. And I just get nervous sometimes because like we go through these 40 days and we expect at the end, I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be perfect. I'm going to be 100%. And it's never, never the case. There's always going to be more growth. There's always going to be more healing. Welcome back, everybody, to Valdoco. I'm Father Steve. I'm Vicky. I'm Amy. And we're back for week number three, correct? Yes. And we're back still following this, uh, the scriptural way of the cross, trying to journey with Jesus, recognizing that it is, yes, his story, but it is also very much our story. And so trying to pray through these stations that were put together by St. John Paul II, and we're taking for our Lenten journey. So we are now in weeks, uh, stations five and six, right? Mm-hmm. And so we hope your Lent is going okay. I hope that it's, uh, we know Lent is ups and down, up and down, up and down. So we hope you're doing okay. Hope you're enjoying, hope you're praying well. Um, but let's just get right into, uh, we'll have a little prayer and then we'll, we'll go into stations five and six. God of power and mercy and love you sent your son that we might be cleansed of sin and live with you forever. Bless us as we gather to reflect on his suffering and death that we may learn from his example the way we should go. We ask this through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. The fifth station, Jesus is judged by Pilate. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. Because, because by, by your holy, holy cross, cross you have redeemed, redeemed the, the world. world. The chief priest, with the elders and the scribes, that is, the whole Sanhedrin, held a council. They bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Pilate questioned him, Are you the king of the Jews? He said to him in reply, You say so. The chief priests accused him of many things. Again, Pilate questioned him. Have you no answer? See how many things they accuse you of. Jesus gave him no further answer, so that Pilate was amazed. Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released Barabbas and handed, him, and handed Jesus over to be crucified. The sixth station. Jesus is scourged and crowned with thorns. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. Because, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. Then Pilate took Jesus and handed him scourged. And the soldiers wove a crown out of thorns and placed it on his head, and clothed him in a purple cloak. And they came to him and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him repeatedly. All right, so we enter into these, these next stations. I don't know, Amy, you want to go first? Okay, that was like a complete call out. Yeah. Um, my first reflection is not a happy reflection. My second reflection is a happy reflection. <laughs> um, so my first one is um, just this idea of judgment. And so the two uh, lines that stuck out to me was Jesus' response of, you say so. And then the second um, line is, Jesus gave him no further answer. And so for me, that kind of brought up this idea of when we are judging other people, um, but how so many times it's not based on actual firsthand experience. So a lot of times 
we judge celebrities, we judge politicians, we judge um, like all different people that we've never met. And then we also judge a lot of times people that we do know, but not necessarily based on seeing things firsthand. So um, my friend told me that this person did that and it was really weird. And now we're going to feel this sense of judgment and the sense of like condemning a full person as being a certain way over just stuff that we haven't seen firsthand and just over actions and not actually based on things that we've seen or based on things that they've said to us. Um, and that kind of downfall that comes from this gossip. So Jesus never says in, in this um, passage in Mark, he never says, you know, I'm saying this, this, and this, or trying to defend himself or anything like that. He knows that there's all this gossip, there's all this hearsay about what he said, and that people like Pilate, who would have no knowledge of any of this, this is their first time hearing any of this, that they're just going based off of what other people are saying. And it even says that Pilate wishing to satisfy the crowd. Like Jesus knows that he's just going based off of what other people are saying. Um, and so for me, it just kind of awakens me to the fact that I need to be less judgmental of people I don't know. And then people I do know, but when people are telling me things about them, and then also, just in general, that even if someone does something, that we're judging the action and not the person, and that's a cliche that we say a lot, but how many times do we completely write people off just because of a series of actions? Um, and so from, for me, that, that was just kind of like a personal reflection on this one. So not necessarily delving into Jesus' experience of this, but my own personal experience of when you're on the receiving end of this and then also when you're on the giving end of this judgment. Yeah, but it's so true. But even in our, I don't know, when you're thinking about that, I was thinking about our own court system that it's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, you know? And, and so often, just not even talking about the court system anymore, but just in our own life, how often it is like guilty before any kind of innocence. And, you know, I think as, as Christians, many times, I think a good spiritual practice is trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. Like think of the good thing first rather than automatically go into mm -hmm. like negative because everybody has bad days and i think sometimes we somebody's got a bad day they do a bad action and then all of a sudden it's like they are this kind of person no one can ever change they are like that forever and it's kind of like you are guilty uh, you are condemned before we have any real facts or we're just basing it off something so i think i definitely recognize that in my own life i relate to what you were saying about that uh yeah just kind of going off a hearsay or even perceived. I think sometimes we perceive things differently and it's, it's, in, our, it's in our head. Mm -hmm. It's like that person literally did not mean that at all. What we thought we heard or what we thought was done to us yeah. is not in their mind at all. If you talk to them, they would have no idea. And it had nothing, <laughs> literally so had awesome. nothing to do with you. Literally had nothing to do with you. Literally happens all the time to me. <laughs> it does. It, it, happens, it happens to me too. It happens to me too. And I think that's part of when we become the center, like we mm -hmm. literally think the world revolves around us. And so everybody's actions are actually pointed towards us and everybody's words are directed towards us and it can drive us crazy. It can really drive us crazy. And I think that's so for ourselves. Okay. Trying to also look at ourselves with a little bit less judgment and saying, okay, I do make mistakes and I do fall short and all of these things. Sin is real. Uh, my character defects are real, but uh, to kind of give me the benefit of the doubt that I do actually want to, I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to grow. People do change. Uh, there is growth in people's lives. 
and sometimes we have bad days. So not to judge everything on one action, uh, but really for me, it's not everything is, I'm not the center. <laughs> like not every word in action is pointed and directed towards me. Most of the time, people aren't thinking about me. Most of the time, people aren't thinking about, uh, like they don't care. So anyways, I definitely relate. That's like the, the main, character, main character energy. You heard that before? Never? Oh, yeah. Like on social I media? I thought you were actually talking about a main character. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, but I get what you're saying. Energy. I, I love it. We should. Now we have to. We're going to have a main character named Energy. I get energy. what you're saying. <laughs> but yeah, like that's a whole thing of, um, oh, look at the spike on there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, laughter brings spikes. Um, but yeah, like on social media, that's the new not new it's probably been around for the last like year and a half or whatever of people like basically like reclaiming the insignificant parts of their life i feel like that's a way to explain some portion of it um but i think what that ends up doing is you end up feeling like the world revolves around you oh my gosh look at me going to the grocery store i'm so cool let me go put my groceries in my car like it's weird like it's not like okay romanticizing these like insignificant parts of your life that anything can happen here first of all like relax okay right but then i think it is building this habit of like everything is happening around me instead of I'm happening like I'm in this moment with all of these people and like a moment to interact with other people so obviously way far off like Jesus getting judged by Pilate but I do think it leads to this thing that you guys are talking well it's part of it I think it leads to part of that of like if you think you're the center of your life which like obviously like you're the human being in there but understanding that like all your friends are existing right now and all your family members are like living right now and at work or wherever they are, wherever you are right now that, you know, there's other people to be reaching out to. Um, so I think, yeah, like that was so good, Amy. Um, for me, when I read this, um, this passage originally, I think I was just, because this is, um, there's different accounts, right. Of this moment. Um, so this is Mark's account and I'm just amazed at Jesus's silence. Like you just don't need to talk sometimes. Like, and I think both, like when other people are silent, when you are judging and then vice versa, when you feel like there's nothing left to say, you said it all and you're quiet there in like being judged. And I think it's such a beautiful example of like, um, I don't know, just like this acceptance of like, this is the reality that I'm facing right now. This is where I'm living. These people don't fully care about me. Um, because they're not listening, you know, or like just, yeah, total acceptance, um, of what's happening in front of him. And I think also just that people are going to follow the crowd, you know, like there was a crowd people that probably had just seen Jesus or just had gone out to see him teach or to hear him teach and stuff like that. They were also probably in the crowd. Or just like you can miss things, right? Like these were people that had studied scripture. There's scribes there and priests and the elders and whatever. Everybody's there. And they're just missing what's in front of them. And Jesus is just like, okay, you said it. Here we go. You know, like getting ready to to move into the next piece. Like that, it just seems like he had a lot of peace in that moment, which is, I don't know, unbelievable, honestly. Um, but yeah, I think just that sometimes you just don't have to talk to get your way out of something, you know, like 
nothing he was gonna say was gonna be like oh my gosh what a strange misunderstanding like <laughs> i'm sorry about that like let's go you know like none of that's never gonna happen so just this like peace in that maybe i'm sure there was a lot of turmoil inside but it was gonna that, happen yeah for me it's it's that humility you no know? if, mm-hmm. if you really know who you are and you really are based like in this truth and then there are moments where you don't need to defend yourself yeah right you don't need to say anything because uh, i don't know it's sometimes i feel like we defend ourselves because we're scared yeah <laughs> like we're scared that we're wrong no, 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 no. like we're scared <laughs> that we we don't have all the answers we're scared that we're wrong and so we're, we're like begging and dying to prove the other person wrong so that i can prove myself right and and jesus doesn't need to do that right obviously he's 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 the son of god so he knows um he knows exactly who he is he doesn't need to defend himself he doesn't need to try to prove himself and so for me that humility and acceptance like you're saying there's there's such power in silence you know there's such power in silence that i I don't need to defend myself you know there are times where we do like people ask questions they want to know sometimes we have to stand up for those who are are being persecuted or you know there's an injustice that we need to stand up for we need to use our words Um, but i think there's a lot of times where where silence is just so much better and just be at peace have your faith and and keep going and um, i think that's why Okay, Lent again is just a beautiful time to, to deepen that prayer life, to deepen that relationship so that I can move through this world and I don't always have to constantly like defend myself. I don't always constantly, I'm not always on the lookout for who's trying to um, bring me down. I'm always worried that I, I don't have all the answers, but I can move like with a little bit of certainty, you know, and, and that's, you know, the certainty of faith. We don't need to go into it now, but it's like there's just something certain right pope benedict used to always talk about like the certainty of faith that faith gives us something faith like hope gives us something that we can build it's a foundation right we hear about jesus as rock jesus as foundation like it gives us something of certainty that we can move through this life and we're not going to get uh, knocked down by the waves or we're not going to get destroyed um so i yeah I, I definitely humility is powerful um for us humility knowing our weaknesses but also knowing that we have our gifts. Like true mm-hmm. humility is, is recognizing that, yeah, I'm sinful and I have my weaknesses, but I also have great gifts and I'm a child of God, right? I'm a son of God and so I can base my foundation on that. And uh, so silence, humility, acceptance, that's, uh, right, like you said, not, not easy to do, <laughs> but uh, we can pray for that grace. That humility of, right, he's being called king of the Jews like uh, in a way that's like mocking him. But he is the king, like he knows, and he doesn't have to explain himself. No, actually, I am the king of the Jews. Just, <laughs> Thank you so you know, much. <laughs> I'm going to be quiet, though, about it. <laughs> what do you have to say, Amy? This is my slightly happier I or like, attempt okay. at Let's happy. Bring a little, 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 bring a little joy here. So I see a lot that this station is associated with Isaiah's description of the suffering servant. So the, by his stripes, we were healed. Um... And I love that paradox. One of my favorite ways of when people explain the Bible is when they're showing how the old is in the new and the old is fulfilled in the new, Um, just going back and forth between Old Testament and New Testament. And so to see this idea of this thing that was described in the Old Testament and how now it's really come to its fulfillment in this moment in Jesus, in his suffering, and also that just that paradox of by this suffering, we receive healing. And so the reason why I say it's slightly happier for me is because a lot of times I, you know, I enter into 
the way of the cross, I enter into Lent, um, I enter into the crucifixion, and I just see it as being this very somber as it is, very solemn, um, very sad moment. But when you go to the Stations of the Cross on every Friday except for Good Friday, they're going to end with the resurrection usually. It's optional, but to actually view everything in light of that and to not forget that and to remember that every single moment on the way of the cross, we are getting one step closer to salvation. We are getting one step closer to healing. We are getting one step closer to reunion. And so for me to to view this inside of that, so, you know, to hold on to the solemnity of this, to hold on to the sorrow of this moment, but to also realize we're getting closer and closer in in this memory and remembering this to to healing, to true actual healing that Jesus is bringing for us. Amen. And again, I love I love the aspect of healing, and I love the fact that it's a journey and it's a process because we also talk about this all the time and this idea of I get nervous when people say like I'm healed. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. like they come off a retreat or they come off a, a spiritual experience and they say, Jesus healed me of my addiction, of my anxiety, of, of whatever. I just get nervous because it can happen. It does happen. Miracles happen. These things can happen like that. But for my experience and for the most people that I, I speak to, it's not a being healed. It's always like healing. It's always this journey of healing in this relationship with Jesus. Like, we are moving one step closer. We're moving with him. He's bringing us back home. We're going back to the Father. We're going back to the place where we're really going to be healed and full and complete and joyful completely forever, and that's in heaven. But it's like this journey, and I just get nervous sometimes because like, we go through these 40 days, and we expect at the end, I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be perfect. I'm going to be 100%. And it's never, never the case. There's always going to be more growth. There's always going to be more healing. Right? There's more virtue, like we're never fully satisfied in this, on this land, in this earth. So just kind of accepting that and not giving up. Okay, so that doesn't mean, okay, I'm not healed fully. That means it's not worth it. It's not real. God's not real. But no, like I, as more I pray, the more I journey, the more I serve, the more like this is a healing process that we're going through. Um, and we see Jesus like going through this, this walk and going through all these human emotions and going through all this journey and the suffering and everything. And he's kind of, Showing us a way, walking with us, but always, always giving us the power, not always giving us the grace we need to, to, go, to go on our own journey of healing. Totally relate. Love that idea. It's nice that you're reading the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. I haven't gotten to Isaiah yet. Uh, That's yeah. like, <laughs> I don't know, I guess the that. end of the year, it, we're going to finally get to it. But yeah, just from doing like Stations of the Cross. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. Uh, for me, mine was just the humiliation like really stood out. Um, that the point of this moment was to like really like dehumanize and humiliate Jesus um, for all that he said he was he was going to be, but that like the joke is on the soldiers. Really, when you think about it, like long term, because like this crown of thorns, like ends up being, it's like the first step to our imagery of like now the the step that Jesus makes, like every step of the way, it's for me. So like the crown was placed on his head in humiliation for me and for my sin that like he redeemed from the moment it happened or every, okay, every time he was, he was hit um, and they struck him repeatedly, right? Like that again, like this walking, bleeding Jesus, like the next station that we'll get to like is for me and that like all of it was done to, to hurt him, to 
like kill him slowly and like painfully and and humiliate him really like to take away every part of his human dignity and his worth whatever to like strip him of that and it's like the most powerful symbol that we have of Jesus like the most like insane walk to the cross and every step of the way is like this like that's the that's why he can say like your sins are forgiven like right there like it's crazy that it just didn't work you know like how much the soldiers failed like how much the whole process of being crucified like obviously you know worked in the physical way but that everything else that matters like it was for us over and over and over again and so yeah just this like attempt at humiliation and that maybe you know in a lot of ways it was or for other people that could see it like i'm sure that was like horrific to witness and like his friends to see it so horrible to see him come out of that place with yeah. you know a thorn and a purple cloak and his, already his beaten mom. and his mom blessed mother yeah to see him like that like how really truly horrible but that like that's the like what amy was saying like that's the the first step to the resurrection that's the first step to this like redemptive moment that we needed we need it unfortunately like we need symbols and we need like real symbols and signs and and imagery to help us understand like how much of us was saved like that's never gonna happen to me like ever you know i hope to god you know <laughs> but like that's never gonna happen not even when i die like there's no punishment like that when i die because like I'm trying, hopefully, right? You know, and like in a state of grace and all of those things and, and like in this pursuit and I know what I can do and I know how to make sure that like that doesn't happen to me. But either way, like that's not God, you know? So just, um, yeah, didn't work. Poor soldiers. You know, when it comes to this stuff, because, okay, we're, we won't have to walk this exact mm -hmm. station. Yeah. Like we won't have to walk this exactly you know, station by station, exactly what Jesus did historically, probably nobody will have to do exactly like that. Yeah. But you do think about, you know, the humiliation and mm -hmm. death and like the, the acceptance, the way people, you know, go through disease or go through cancer. Like there is a lot of humiliation there. There's a lot of mm. like struggle and, and painful things that we have to accept that like Jesus is, is being led through this. And I think a lot of people who go through, um, go through death you know they're being led to a place that it's it's scary to go to you know we, we are human and we we kind of have this fear of, of death and all the pain and all the humiliation and everything that that people have to go through and i think right we're not going to solve everybody's questions but but to recognize that you have like a friend and a brother and a savior that that walks with you i think that's that's the invitation that the church has given for centuries you know since the beginning that that we don't we don't approach death by ourselves we don't approach this kind of crossing over on our own and all the pain and all the the fear and all the the humiliation and everything that happens to us as we go through that um, that we don't we don't do that alone we don't go through that alone and uh for me that's the beauty of what saint john bosco used to do he used to do like a a, a monthly exercise of the happy death right i would i would love to get back to that the the older generation hates that idea because it was pretty scary like what they had to read was was basically a description of how people die and like it's super graphic it's super scary i can't imagine being a kid and listening to that like 12 <laughs> years old and listening to about how like the the warmth from my feet go away and i can like like really describing the process of death um so that's not what i want to do 
but I think it does help us like just to recognize and accept to like it's an age old practice yeah. no? to think about that we are not going to live on this earth forever. There is a moment for us and as scary as it is, we look around the world and you know things happen like the the earthquake or 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 things happen that one day you're here one day you're not and and i think that's just trying to live in a way that's that you're prepared uh, you're prepared to to cross over and so living this life walking with jesus now meaning whenever that day comes like you're, you don't have to go looking for him you don't have to go no you know he's here you know the blessed mother's here you know that you're you're walking together and so whenever that moment comes it's not you're not confused you're not lost you're, you know you're you're home you know you're right there you know you're ready to to be welcomed in so i think it's it's a good practice we're praying about maybe we can do it once a month on like i don't know social media or something do a, a exercise <laughs> <laughs> exercise of happy death um, anyways i think it's a good practice it's good mm -hmm. to think about and lent invites us no i mean we're every week here we're we're describing and <laughs> reading about suffering and and somebody who is is approaching um, approaching crucifixion so it's it always it's naturally invites us to think about that process um, but always with hope right amy always with that resurrection it's it's there that's the promise we know the end of the story so we don't need to be like depressed about it we know the end of the story we know grace is there for us um, but we're still gonna have to journey through through this we still have to pass through death all of us do so I don't really thrive on last-minute things. Like, I'm not really, like, a game-time, let's just go. I like preparing. Amen. So I feel like, you know, death is pretty big. So yes. maybe, oh my God. maybe if I like preparing for everything. Wow. <laughs> not where I thought you were going to go. <laughs> you thought I was going to stay on the hope thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't really. Let's practice, guys. <laughs> it's true, though. We're going to die. We'll die. Yeah. Which is great. Like, I that's mean, not a bad thing. That's a really wonderful thing. Could be. For some people, it's not... <laughs> <laughs> could be you know who you and, are <laughs> so, and we're being real realistic right now not to uh it could be that could be a good thing no but i think we've talked about it i think like so much of our 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 culture is like in avoidance of death mm. like yeah. i mean even the medicine which like really i mean like thank you god for the medicine that we have like really in the people that are able to administer it and to do life-saving procedures but i mean just that does not exist everywhere. You know, like simple antibiotics that we have, like is something that will kill somebody in another country that doesn't have, like doesn't have access to it. And just that like we avoid death all the time, yeah. like really thinking about it and that we culturally, I mean, like personally, other people dying is horrifying for me. Like I'm like, it, it is a shocking thing. Like, obviously because that person is gone whatever but like it's just we avoid it at all costs yeah. and instead of preparing for it instead of like like a lot of people die without fear because they know where they are and they know like you know where they're going and you know they know they're gonna like meet god on the other side like they know and i think like that there's a difference for a lot of people of like yeah. what that looks like at the end of your life when your whole life you have done everything to avoid dying, you have been scared of dying, all of that stuff. So I agree. I think the more that it's this normal thing that you're aware of it, it's like in your conscience, like I said the word wrong from the other day, <laughs> but then, you know, you can at least have a peace, you know, like not like just not the opposite of YOLO, you know, like, you know, but like just understanding it's going to happen and it's okay. Like Jesus died too, you know? Yeah. Mento Mori. 
Yeah. Just say that every episode. <laughs> um, so maybe just quick, just to finish, just uh, one practical thing. Okay, so this is one of those easier said than done things. <laughs> um, but for the next seven days, I'm going to refrain from gossip and judgment, or at least try to. Um, so to be conscious every day, because that is something personally that's hard for me. Um, but just to try to refrain from that, keeping in light the fifth station. Amen. I'm going to do an exercise for happy death, which means part of that is I'm going to clean my room. Mm, Swedish death understand. cleaning. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Is that what they say? What? That's the thing. That thing? Yeah. yeah. So clean your room. Like I would like to, if I, if I was going to die the next day, you I would like my, I would like my room cleaned and like, so I'm going to clean my room and then have a, you know, do a little prayer and recognize Try to take a look at my life and say, what, what changes do I need to do? I need to, I think that's a good thing. You don't want to leave a, no, leave I, a I messy know, room. I understand. So if I you know. knew you were going to die, I hope you would clean your room. I hope you'd make your bed. Like, do your laundry. <laughs> Gosh, you guys are calling out this stuff. <laughs> You're not ready. Never leave not a dirty ready. sock behind. <laughs> so I will, There's a yeah. shoe outside of the closet. This week, I will make sure to do a deep clean of my room, and I will uh, take some time to really think about Okay, if I was going to die tomorrow, what are some things left unsaid? Maybe there's some people I need to call, make a little list of like, what do I need to do to get, get some things in line? Make sure everybody knows I love them and like that kind of stuff. Do we get you, included in that? I'm going to huh? wait for my thank you card. Yeah, <laughs> I want a thank you card. Okay, here it is. <laughs> Tomorrow's the day. Um, okay, I want to join both of you in those things, but mine that I want to do is... I think sometimes you just don't have to talk. Amen. <laughs> Me who talks too much. All right. A week of silence. Call her on that. What week is that going to be? <laughs> Being very wordy. <laughs> you know, how do I not be wordy? That's good. Quite cultural. Find some more time for silence. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy silence. Okay, Father Steve. Yep. Got that? wants me to be quiet. <laughs> I think this is something we can all benefit from. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh my gosh, sure, sure, sure. There's truth, truth in so many things, everyone. Don't Amen. forget. All right, beautiful. Thank you for your reflections. And um, let us finish with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, we thank you for this time together. We ask that you please touch the hearts of all those who are listening to this right now, um, that they may continue to be able to personally reflect on how you're speaking to them whether it's um, relating to things that we shared or things that made it, might have been sparked by what we shared or just their own reflections that you have filled within their hearts that they may be open to what you are saying to them. And we pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Mary, help of Christians. Pray for us. St. John Bosco. Pray, pray for us. In the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Have a good week of Lent. Thanks, everyone. We'll Bye. See you next week. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.